welcome in welcome in a new video this is the DraftKings nfl week two monday night football picks um i'll be doing this i don't know how often i'll be doing this i'll be doing this when i have time i wanted to get on here and do this because there's a two game slate tonight if you guys know anything about me or if you've been around um you know the community here the youtube channel you guys know i love when we get these smaller slates when it gets to the be the later season and we have those like two game or three game saturday slates um or we get like the three game you know like a christmas day slate thanksgiving day slate i love these smaller slates in nfl so since we have two games uh on monday night football tonight i wanted to get on here do a video we're just going to run through it's going to be a quick video we're going to go through the slate and uh, i'll give some uh, plays that i like for tonight if you guys are interested in my core plays, who I'm playing in my lineup, and every other analyst that we have here at DFS Karma, you can get access to that by going to dfskarma.com slash pricing. That gets you um, premium Discord access, my core plays for every slate, showdown, main slate, all that good stuff, um, projections, um, all that. So hop in. You still have time uh, to get in there for tonight if you want my core plays for tonight's slate. Um, I'll do the full review of week one, uh, week two on the cash process, uh, tomorrow. So I won't go into that detail here, but, uh, I did get back on track and win cash games on both sites in week two. So it was a good week looking to keep that momentum rolling into Monday night. So, like I said, we have two, two Monday night games here. Uh, one kicks off at seven 15, which is the new Orleans saints at the Carolina Panthers. And then we have at 8.15, the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Saints are three-point favorites in a game totaled at 39.5, while the Browns are two-point favorites in a game totaled at 38. If you have a premium Bet Karma access, which you can access at betkarma.com slash pricing, uh, I grabbed a two-unit play. It was my first play of the week two uh, week for betting. I grabbed a two unit on the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers under 42. It is now dropped all the way down to 38. So we definitely got some good CLV there. Uh, that does not mean the bet will win, but you know, you feel kind of good about the bet going into the game. So hopefully, hopefully that, that one works out, but uh, two games tonight. These, uh, these are like weird games. Like they're both two, two low totals, two divisional matchups. So not really like the type of games on a normal DFS slate that we would probably go, be going out of our way to attack, but they're the only two games that we have to work with. So everybody will be uh, using the same player base here. Starting off at quarterback, we have Deshaun Watson checking as the highest owned player at 6,400. We also have Derek Carr at 6K, Bryce Young at 56, and Kenny Pickett rounds us out at 5,400. Uh, Deshaun Watson was the only one of these four that had above Tony DraftKings points in week one. And it wasn't really because of anything he did passing the ball. If you look at passing um, uh, a touchdown and a pick on 154 yards, 16 of 29, 55% completion. It's not very good, but he did add five for 45 and a touchdown rushing the football. And that was kind of something that we talked about coming into the season. We thought that there was a good chance that Deshaun Watson was really going to show off his legs in this Browns offense. And that seemed to be the case uh, in week one. Uh, it also was some pretty bad weather in week one. It was raining the entire game. So 
you know, I think that that had effect on him and Joe Burrow both throwing the ball in that game. So that's something to note. Uh, Derek Carr had a good game, uh, 18 DK points. He passed for 305 yards, so he got the passing bonus, 23 of 33. Obviously, he's not going to add anything rushing, but uh, he did have a, a, good, a good performance throwing the ball. Uh, Bryce Young got his first NFL start out of the way, 20 of 38, 52% completions for 146 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. While Kenny Pickett, uh, just a disaster for Kenny Pickett in, in week one. I mean, they got absolutely steamrolled by the San Francisco 49ers. He threw for 232 yards, a touchdown, two picks. Um, it was not good for Kenny Pickett in week one. So overall at quarterback, I think that this, it's kind of all going to come down to how you want to build your teams. Um, I think that like, obviously I think Watson and Carr are, are the best plays here, but I, I don't think you need me to come on a video and like tell you that. I think it's kind of obvious. So I think it just comes down to what you want to do with your team. I will say like the saints defense played really well against Ryan Tannehill in, in week one. I'm curious to see how Bryce young looks uh, in this start here tonight. And Kenny Pickett, I, I want to say that he can bounce back, but he really, really struggled with the 49ers pass rush in week one and the Browns have, I, I understand it's the Browns and people make fun of the Browns because they've been terrible for so long. The Browns defense is legitimately good. As long as they're healthy this year, they're going to be one of the best defenses in the AFC and their pass rush is legit with miles Garrett, Zedaria Smith, some of those other guys that they have over there really tough matchup again for Pickett. So uh, you guys can do whatever you want, but I, I I'm assuming Watson and Carr, uh, once again, will be the highest on plays on the slate. Moving on to running back. Um, we have a big question mark here with Kendra Miller, who's listed as questionable. He, um, we probably, luckily this is the first game. So we'll, we'll definitely have this news pr prior to when we have to f finish out our lineups. But uh, as you can see here, Jamal Williams heavily featured in week one playing 49 of the offensive snaps compared to nine total for Tony Jones and Kirk Merritt. Tony Jones and Kirk Merritt are essentially nothing. And if Kendry, well, if Kendry Miller's out again tonight, I don't see how you don't play Jamal Williams at 6K. So that's really the big injury thing that we're watching here. Uh, like I said, luckily it's the first game, so we'll have that information. Uh, starting off with Nick Chubb at 8,500. I believe he's the most expensive player on the slate. Yes, he is. Um, big game in week one. He, Carried the ball 18 times for 100 yards. Uh, did not add a touchdown, but uh, four catches is big when you talk about Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is not somebody that typically catches the ball, and there was a lot of speculation coming into the season that uh, the Browns would be using him more in the passing game with Kareem Hunt off the team. So the fact that he caught four balls on four targets in week one is a, a big factor here. Uh, he is the most expensive player on the slate. But I don't see how you fade Nick Chubb tonight. Um, there's a conglomerate of people in the DFS community that don't like to play Nick Chubb because he doesn't catch the ball and all this stuff. Nick Chubb is, as a pure running back, arguably the best running back in football. But he gets a big boost here with Pittsburgh. Cam Hayward is going to be out for the Steelers tonight. Um, Cam Hayward, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have really negative splits against the run when Cam Hayward is out. And the Cleveland Browns ran the ball 40 times collectively in week one. Nick Chubb carried the ball 18 times. Jerome Ford, his backup, carried the ball 15 times. And then Deshaun Watson had five carries 
and they ran two design runs for Elijah Moore. So they carry the ball a ton. They're going to run the ball a ton. So you would think that a team that is going to run the ball a ton, especially with Cam Hayward out, they are going to pound the ball tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nick Chubb is the best play on the slate. I don't care that he's the most expensive play. Um, I think you have to play Nick Chubb tonight on this two-game slate, especially because there's really nobody else to spend up on. I like Chris Olave at 72, but everyone else is pretty cheap. Um, so I think you can make I, th- I think you can make some Nick Chubb builds work. So Nick Chubb is the uh, best play on the slate for me. After Nick Chubb, we have Najee Harris at 62, Jamal Williams at 6K, Miles Sanders at 57. Uh, Chuba Hubbard at 5K, Jalen Warren at 4,800. So, um, like I said, it's going to be very, very chalky on a two-game slate. But if Kendra Miller's out, I think you start your build with Nick Chubb, Jamal Williams, and you just go from there. Um, that's how I would do this. Jamal Williams didn't do much in week one, um, you know, 7.2 DK points. But as you know, he was going against Tennessee. Basically the worst possible matchup for a running back. Much better matchup tonight against Carolina. So if Kendra Miller's out, you have to play Jamal Williams. If Kendra Miller's in, I still like Jamal Williams, but I would really be curious how much the Saints would use Kendra Miller in this game, given that he is like a legitimate game time decision. But Kendra Miller is very good. Um, Looked very good in the preseason. Obviously they drafted him for a reason. And if he's active, I'm not saying for like a main team, but if you're playing more than a few teams on this four games, like Kendra Miller would definitely be interesting to me at 4,400 if he was active. Uh, The Steelers guys, I'm not sure. I mean, there was a lot of speculation coming into the season that this was going to be like a Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard type situation. And that's kind of what we saw uh, in week one. It was like a 55 to like 40% snap share between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Um, I'm a little bit biased towards Jalen Warren, as you can see here, he had six targets in week one, didn't do much with them, but he, um, he does get, uh, some looks in the passing game. If they are losing, I think that that could, could help, uh, the case for Jalen Warren tonight. Uh, not that I don't like Najee Harris, but, uh, would be tough for me to get excited about him at 6,200. Although I will say, I think that will be most people's assumption like most people like i said will be going nick chubb jamal williams and that's going to leave Najee harris at 6200 pretty low on so if you think the steelers win this game or if you think that the game stays close and competitive and you know he didn't do much in week one so the steelers want to come out and get him going on monday night football Najee Harris at 6200 is interesting for tournament formats i'll probably be fading the panthers guys here um miles sanders did okay in week one it was encouraging that he had 18 carries compared to Chuba Hubbard only having nine carries. Uh, he did lose a fumble, though. And if you know anything about Miles Sanders, you know, he has problems. He, he's always had problems with fumbles during his time in Philly. So the fact that he already lost the fumble in week one is a little bit discouraging. Uh, Jerome Ford's super thin play. But like I said, if you're playing a bunch of teams, given that he did have 15 attempts, he had 15 attempts in week one. Think about that. Uh, that is a legitimate role, and I think that that's going to be the case tonight. So uh, Jerome Ford at 4,400 is in play. Moving on here, wide receiver position. Chris Olave, 7,200. Amari Cooper is ex- not expected to play. So uh, that leaves um, uh, Chris Olave at 72, Michael Thomas at 55, 
George Pickens at 54, and then Deontay Johnson's out. So we only have three wide receivers priced above 5K. Uh, Chris Olave will be super chalky, but really, really tough fade here uh, as well for Chris Olave. Um, had 10 targets in week one, caught eight of them for 112 yards. He played in the slot more than he has ever played in the slot in his entire NFL career. Almost 50% slot rate for Chris Olave in week one, which is a, a big factor, I think. Like if they're manufacturing touches for him and then putting him in the slot, uh, letting him run free across the middle, uh, really, really good outlook for him for the remainder of the season. I know that a lot of Saints people were really high on Chris Olave as just a breakout player this season. So Chris Olave, great play, going to be high-owned, probably the highest-owned receiver. Um, I have nothing bad to say about him. Michael Thomas, I think, is very interesting. I definitely think people will play Chris Olave over him. I'm not sure how many people will play Chris Olave and Michael Thomas together, but Michael Thomas uh, only had 11 DK in week one, but he did have um, a very good red zone role. He had a couple looks in the red zone. And I, I think my, like on the field, it appeared to me that he still he still can play. So Michael Thomas at 5,500 is definitely interesting. Uh, George Pickens, I think people will want to play George Pickens because Deontay Johnson's out. I have a little bit of caution here with these Steelers guys. So this is a take that I gave on Sunday morning yesterday on the, on the stream. Uh, and I also gave this take in Discord today. Um, the Browns, the way that they're scheming their defense, what they did in week one was they have really, really good corners in Denzel Ward and Emerson and Greg Newsome. Uh, so they put Greg Newsom in the slot this year and kind of what they were doing is against the Bengals is we have really good corners and we have a really good pass rush. So we're just going to play man coverage. And if your guys can't beat us, our pass rush is going to just tee off on you. And that's exactly what they did against the Bengals. The Bengals did not score an offensive touchdown against them. They manned up Jamar Chase and T Higgins, which is not hard to do, arguably the best wide receiver duo in football. And they just let their pass rush do what it does. And I'm assuming that that's exactly what they're going to do again tonight without Deontay Johnson, who is the best wide receiver on the P Pittsburgh Steelers, George Pickens, while I think is a good receiver, he's not someone that historically has graded well in terms of getting separation. Allen Robinson at this stage of his career is one of the worst wide receivers in football in terms of getting separation. So if these guys aren't able to get separation and the Browns just do what they did last week, they play man coverage on these guys and let Miles Garrett, Zedarius Smith, and all those guys on the line do what they do, I think it's going to be another tough spot for Pittsburgh here. Now, I'm not saying that George Pickens can't have a good game. I think he can, um, especially if Kenny Pickett is willing to throw into tight coverage. George Pickens is one of the best contested catch guys in the league. That's what George Pickens is good at. The fact that he can't get separation at an elite rate and he's still a very good NFL wide receiver is because he's such a good contested catch guy. So, I'm not saying that George Pickens can't have a good game, but I just have a negative outlook on this Steelers passing game tonight. Uh, I think it's a it's a really bad matchup for them. If I was playing anyone from the Steelers, it would be one of the running backs or it would be dropping all the way down here to Calvin Austin at 3,500. Calvin Austin has a little juice, uh, six targets in week one. He is a deep threat. So it, um, when you're talking about someone that's priced at 3,500 and they're a deep threat, that means that one play can pay off their price, which I definitely like on these smaller slates. And he was basically the direct backup to Deontay Johnson. He came in and played basically full-time once Deontay checked out of that game. Calvin Austin at 3,500 is one of my favorite plays 
on this slate, I will have Calvin Austin most likely in my main lineup at 3,500. Another question mark here is what to do with the Brown situation with no Amari Cooper. Um, unlikely to play per Adam Schefter right there. Like I said, he's not, he's not going to play tonight most likely. So that gives us Elijah Moore at 4,500. Uh, that gives us Donovan Peoples-Jones at 3,700. Um, you could drop even farther down. There's guys like David Bell uh, that you could consider for the Browns, but um, I think I think most people will go will go directly to Elijah Moore, who I think is fine. Like I said, Elijah Moore got two rush attempts in Week One, so uh, they are manufacturing him touches that way. I think you could see maybe some of that in the red zone if they get there tonight. Um, so I think most people will go Elijah Moore. DPJ is more of like a deep threat. But obviously, you would expect him um, right here. As you can see, led wideouts and offensive snaps. Um, I think you could see a few more looks his way with Amari Cooper out. Um, Amari Cooper in week one did see seven targets. So, you know, those targets have to – like they ran the ball 40 times in week one, and Amari Cooper still got uh, seven targets. So those targets are going to have to go to somebody. Um, I think they'll be spread out between Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think Elijah Moore will be higher owned. DPJ, if you want to look at him in tournaments, like Calvin Austin, he's only 3,700, and typically he runs farther down the field, so one play could pay off that price tag. Uh, Rashid Shahid, I think, is a good play as well, 4,200, no issues with him. I'll probably play two Saints receivers tonight, and it's between, like, I'll definitely probably be playing Olave, and then I'll be picking between Thomas and Shahid. I'm wondering if more people will play Shahid because he's cheaper and they'll just simply click his game log and see that he had 20 DraftKings points in week one. Um, he played less snaps than Michael Thomas, but that, that doesn't matter because when he's on the field, he's going to get looks uh, specifically down the field. Uh, good play. I, I like all these Saints guys tonight, honestly. And J.C. Horn is out for the Panthers, which is another big factor, their best corner. Uh, so that definitely boosts the Saints passing game even further. As for the Panthers, guys, I, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, DJ Chark, if he's in, uh, would probably be be my pick. Uh, Adam Thielen did nothing in week one. He just looks really old out there. Uh, Terrace Marshall led the team in air yards percentage in week one. And if you guys know anything about Terrace Marshall, that guy actually won me $10,000 on DraftKings last, last season. It was his only career touchdown. Uh, I played him and he won me $10,000. So I'm always biased towards Terrace Marshall. And he led the team in air yards percentage in week one. So if I was looking for a Panthers player, if DJ Chark's in, I would be slightly interested. Um, Terrace Marshall Jr. might be my pick at 33. And then you just hope he catches a deep ball, to be quite honest with you. Finishing up tight end, David Njoku, 4,700. Pat Fryermuth, 4,500. Juwan Johnson, 4K. Uh, 4,100 and Hayden Hurst at 4K. So those are the main tight ends for tonight. Hayden Hurst scored in week one. Saints historically have played decent tight end defense, but it did it does look like Hurst is kind of like the safety net for Bryce Young. He had seven targets. Um, so, you know, if, if that's like, if you want to play a Panthers player and you just want to go with Hurst, I, I don't hate that. Uh, Juwan Johnson is interesting. Uh, only five targets in week one, not only five targets. That's, that's a good amount for, uh, for a tight end. Um, he ran around on, uh, over 80% of their cars dropbacks. And that's another player coming into the season. Saints people were very, very high on Juwan Johnson. He has a good connection with Derek Carr. 
So maybe taking advantage of a poor week one from him, 4,100. I think Jawan Johnson is definitely interesting. Najoku is the guy. Maybe Najoku picks up a few of those extra targets from Amari Cooper. So he's interesting at 47. And then Fryer move is a very good tight end at 4,500. Maybe that's who you go to um, in place of Deontay Johnson. All these tight ends are good plays, I think. I think it kind of comes down for me to whoever fits your lineup. Um, if you want to get really weird, you could look at Taysom Hill. Um, wasn't as involved as you would think for uh, three rush attempts, one target in week one. I think that's more of like if you're playing the showdown slate, you could consider Taysom Hill rather than the two-game slate. But, uh, yeah, I think tight end, it's it's whichever one fits your lineup tonight. And then finishing off at defense, Browns at 3,300, it's just the clear spot for me. Um, I, I think that it's the best defense. If you want to take Saints, if you want to take – uh, Steelers, you know, I think that, that that's fine, but Browns at 3,300 definitely sticks out to me, uh, at defense overall 20 minute video. Thank you guys for watching. Truly appreciate it. If you made it through the video, please leave a like, um, on the YouTube channel. It definitely helps us out. And let me know in the comments, if you guys like these shorter slate breakdowns, um, uh, maybe I can do some showdown videos moving forward. Let me know in the comments, um, how you liked it. DFSCarmer.com slash pricing. If you want access to my core plays for tonight's slate, with that being said, Good luck on this two-game slate, and I'll see you guys in week three.